It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do our best to try to help you understand the complexity of who we are as human beings and the need to balance out the four major aspects of who we are, which is the emotional, intellectual, spiritual, and physical. And of course, if you don't have the physical, it's pretty tough to come up with the rest of it because uh, you just don't feel good. And so one of the things I tell everyone is go to my website, which is www.synergyconnectionradio.com. And when you get there, along with all of the shows, there's about 350 shows now. And my guest today has been on the show before. So you're going to love hearing him again. Um, But uh, there's also a link to Boomers Forever Young and they're a sponsor of this show. And I think using their products is what has kept me super healthy all through the pandemic. And of course, now we're being told, get vaccinated for the flus and get vaccinated for RSV and get vaccinated for COVID again. Um, I just believe in the old fashioned way, which is get plenty of sunshine, exercise, sleep, eat healthy. And I do take a lot of vitamin D3. And I also know what my C-reactive protein score is. And so if you don't know those two numbers, have your doctor run them the next time. You want your D3, which is your immune system, to be above 70. The last time mine was done, it was 100. Um, And you want your C-reactive protein to be below 0.5. That's the inflammation that you have in your body. And every single disease begins with inflammation. Mine is a 0.1. So, you know, think about using maybe some of the products. If you look at their testimonies, blogs, they have videos. Um, If you decide that you want to try some things, when you check out, just put my first name in, L-U-C-Y, and you're going to be given $5 off. And in these inflationary times, five bucks is five bucks. So you might as well take advantage of it. So I have, as I said, a returning guest, which is Mark Anthony. And I always laugh because I think of Cleopatra. I'm sure a lot of people do. And Mark is an Oxford educated attorney. He's also a psychic explorer and a fourth generation psychic medium. So he'll tell you a little bit about that. Um, he also has uh, is co-host of the live stream TV show called The Psychic and the Doc. And he's a regular columnist for the Best Holistic Life magazine. So he's a busy guy travels all over the place. Uh, I would say kind of like reuniting people with maybe somebody that they love or have loved, you know, that has passed over. And Mark, one of the things that I share with everybody, because I not only do, you know, the podcast, but I'm also a life coach, been a therapist for 35 years. And I use your explanation with a lot of people that I have had a loved one die uh, by saying that the AM station and the FM station, that we're in our physical bodies, we are tuned into AM. And when we move over to the spirit side, we're in the FM. And that's just a veil. I mean, it's it's easily penetratable. Um, I think when we're quiet uh, and kind of go within and especially into that heart chakra area and into maybe our um, intuitive self, 
you know, we're able to move there. And of course you have amazing abilities. So very different than what I have myself, but welcome back to the show. Thank you, Lucy. I always enjoy our conversations. We have such a great time. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and you're in the same state. And we were talking before we started recording about, you know, the hurricanes and the climate changes and my goodness, where do we go anymore to actually be safe, quote unquote. You know, it, it, that's such a good point because everywhere has something. Mm-hmm. No matter where you go, it could be where we live, we have hurricanes. Uh, and then there's people who live in Tornado Alley. Yep. And there's folks with the blizzards, the flooding, the wildfires. And this is just what, what it means to live on planet Earth. And I think it's important that globally people be very conscious of of climate change and you know there's a lot of people that deny these things but i saw the mayor of venice italy and he said that they should start a global warming research center in venice because <laughs> you can see the flooding right up close there yes because uh, many of these beautiful buildings and i spent I spent a good deal of time in Venice. I think it's one of the most beautiful and unique cities in the world. And many of the buildings that I was in, you can no longer go to because the first floors now have flooding in them. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's really unfortunate. But, um, you know, human beings, we have the intellect. We have the geniuses in the world. We do have the technology. We have the ability to solve it. It's whether or not our leaders will make the decisions to do this. Right. Even though they have all of these meetings worldwide, you know, recognizing that there is a uh, global change everywhere, it, it just seems like they have the meetings and nothing super productive comes out of them because they've been doing this for many, many years now. Yeah, that certainly seems to be the case. Uh, years ago, um, I was in Washington, D.C. on a Congressional Exploratory Committee, and I saw that everything in Washington's overdrinks, overdrinks, overdrinks. And it's kind of hard to, to see how things don't get done. In other words, everyone is half crocked all the time, and all they do is talk about it. I remember sitting there at one dinner, and People had each, everybody, because I don't drink. So everybody at the table had two or three screwdrivers, vodka and orange juice before dinner arrived. Then at dinner, they had bottles of wine. And then after dinner, they were having aperitifs and then they wanted to go to a bar. And I counted everybody there had about 12 drinks. Oh my so gosh. I, I know. And I'm like, gee, I wonder why nothing gets done in Washington. Yeah. And then you had these climate conferences and guess what? It's yeah. the same thing. It but, is. But at least people are talking. At least the awareness is there. So let, let's let's hope humanity gets the the uh, memo. I I certainly hope so. I mean, not only for you know future generations, which maybe not you know they may not even be born yet, um, but you know they're very young certainly. And you know I look at all the animals. I mean, I'm a big, big, big animal lover, yeah. and all of these wild animals that are getting destroyed in the process, you know, because we're not paying attention. They are. Um, I've been very blessed in in my life to have met. I've I've met Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, John Glenn, mm. 
Mike Foreman, who was a shuttle pilot, and Bill Nelson, who was a politician that was on one of the space shuttles. Now he's the current head of NASA. And But I remember I had a real conversation for about 10 minutes with John Glenn. And he said to me, it was just he and I, because he was uh, getting ready to speak and I was backstage and we were talking. And he said, you know, Mark, when you look down and see the earth and see how beautiful and alive it is, and then you look out into space and see the void, it's hard to, to not understand that this is the only place that we have to live. Mm-hmm. And what's fascinating, Lucy, is recently William Shatner, a.k.a. Captain Kirk, went up, <laughs> I think it was the Blue Horizons, and right. I, I was flabbergasted when he said virtually the same thing when he came out of it. And, and here he is, he's, he's sobbing. He said, I hope I never get over this. You see how alive Earth is, and you look into space and you see death. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was just so, so profound. And, and, and I wish we could send all of our world leaders up into orbit, maybe leave some of them there, but right. <laughs> send, send them up so that they could appreciate this because uh-huh. there's still this primitive mentality of I'm going to conquer you and build this empire and do this. And the problem is technology is wonderful, but we also have the technology to destroy life as we know it on this right. planet. Right. So we we live in fascinating times and we live in very precarious times as well. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, our topic today that we're going to talk about is shared death experiences. And of course, I read your book, Afterlife Frequencies. And so I'm guessing this is kind of a a jumping off point and going into that in a little more detail. But um, shared death experiences. Wow. I mean, um, I, I have, I did have a near death experience when I was 17 and I didn't realize it until many, many years later, uh, because I evidently had technically died, but didn't have a flat line, you know, for any length of time, but there was, um, I, I was bleeding, uh, internally, uh, and from every place, they never could figure out what it was that caused it. But I think I told you on the other show, because this was just so weird, is there was what I thought a doctor that was at the end of my bed when I kind of came to, and I had been unconscious for a while, uh, like a, I think a day or something. And um, he was there. And I remember saying to him very clearly, am I going to be all right? And you know, he, his comment was, you're going to be fine because you have much to do with your life. And that was kind of it. And um, I just assumed he was a physician. And I found out later that there was nobody who looked like that or anything else. So I don't know who I was visited by, but it was something. And it was an apparition that was very solid in my vision. Um, and, you know, very clear the message that, no, you have a lot to do with your life. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, Lucy. Uh-huh. When you were interacting with this entity, Uh how did he make you feel? Oh, it was very um, warm. Very, very, um, it was like a very nurturing, almost like a a fatherly kind of a feeling that he was there to protect and um, reassure me. 
that's what I, I, I suspected. Um, this could be technically one of your guides. This could have even been a family member from maybe a couple generations ago that you you may not have known who but knows you. But we're constantly surrounded by spirits connected to us in various ways. And they're not here to control us, but they can guide us. Uh And we have different guides for different purposes. And clearly this was your health guide. And basically he was telling you, no, Lucy, it's not your time. You're, you're like he said, you have too much to do. And it's nice to, to receive those type of validations. And I think it's important for all the listeners to realize that we all have a purpose. Uh Every life matters and every life counts. You know, Lucy and I have been fortunate because we've encountered spiritual entities who've told us these things, but everybody has a reason for being here. And maybe your reason is being a good parent. Mm -hmm. Maybe your reason is being a good listener for, you know, for, because there's a lot of people that no matter where they are, somebody will come up and spill their whole life story to them. And people need to be validated. People need to be listened to. So, and, and shared death experiences. I'm glad that, that you started off with that because let me get some background to how shared death experiences work, if, if that's okay. Sure. In my book, in um, the afterlife frequency, I it's, the subtitle is The Scientific Proof of Spiritual Contact and How That Awareness Will Change Your Life. And one of the key concepts that I introduce in this book is called the electromagnetic soul. And it's a 21st century term to describe what we really are, which is pure consciousness, which is eternal electromagnetic energy. Because the brain doesn't create our consciousness. It doesn't create our soul. It merely hosts it the way a computer hard drive hosts the programs on your computer. And so when the brain hard drive crashes, ceases to function, the programs, in other words, our soul, our electromagnetic soul, transfers to to another dimension. And my friend and colleague, Dr. Gary Schwartz, has adopted this term, as have other research scientists. And he said that electromagnetic soul, and he said we have to look at the word soul as an acronym for source of universal love. Wow. Yeah, and it's really beautiful because there is a scientific basis to prove the afterlife and that life is continuing because we know from the laws of physics, energy, electromagnetic energy is neither created nor destroyed, only transferred from one form to another. Now, the brain has five different frequencies. And in recent years, scientists have been able to study brainwave frequencies. There's gamma beta, alpha, theta, and delta. Gamma is the super frenetic high functioning. This is when you're on the final Jeopardy tournament of champions and your brain is just <laughs> running at full throttle. Uh-huh. Beta is, is the uh, a normal awake activities for daily living state. Alpha is when we begin to relax, you meditate, you daydream, you start to fall asleep. Theta is deep, dreamful sleep. And then delta There's very little brainwave activity, but Delta is important because that's where your body heals itself and there's cellular regeneration. But it's the alpha-theta border 
where psychic and spiritual mediumistic activity occurs. And spirits can spot when we're in that zone. And that's why they'll bring their frequency down to get a frequency match with that. Okay, so in the past, in, in 2022, there have been two very significant discoveries which validate, I believe, my electromagnetic soul theory, my EMS theory, and that life after death is real. In Tartu, Estonia, in February of 2022, an 87-year-old man suffered a, a stroke, and so his family got him to the hospital. They, the doctors hooked him up on an EEG, an electroencephalogram, to measure his brainwave frequencies. And then during the, the EEG, he had a massive coronary and died. And this was the first time that somebody was being given an EEG at the moment of death. And what they saw, Lucy, is all five brainwave frequencies surged. Wow. Like they went off the charts. Doctors were flabbergasted and they put out a paper on this. And then in November of, of 2022, um, NYU's Grossman um, uh, Medical Center put out a study that was done in conjunction, I believe, with 25 different hospitals, both in the U.S. and the U.K., where people who were undergoing cardiopulmonary resuscitation, CPR, were, were being um, um, put on EEGs. So all these people, they may have flatlined for a moment, um, but they, they were resuscitated. One in five of them reported a near-death experience where they went into the light, encountered deceased loved ones, and, and the events, you know, which are, are typical of a near-death experience. And get this, Lucy, in every single case, all five brain waves went off the charts again. And so the lead in, um, uh, the lead researcher, Sam, Dr. Sam Parnia, he said that this appears to be evidence of, he said, the so-called near-death experience, but it appears that at the moment of death, there is a spike in electromagnetic energy in the brain. Now, with my EMS, electromagnetic soul theory, my theory is that when we die, there's a spike of energy because our soul is leaving our body. Okay. And um, I, I just need another, another couple minutes here. Okay. Think, think of, uh, we've all seen a good old fashioned incandescent light bulb that flashes right before it burns out. Right. Okay. We've all seen that. Yep. Here's why. In the filament, okay, here's the bulb, and in the filament, there's tungsten. And the tungsten and the filament regulate the amount of electricity that flows to the bulb. The filament and the light bulb did not create the electricity. It merely regulates it. And as the tungsten degrades, it can no longer handle that amount of electricity, electrical energy. And so there's a surge. I believe it's the same thing as the human brain is beginning to degrade, it can no longer handle the amount of EM energy running through it. The brain accounts for less than, you know, 4%, more like 2% of the body's weight, yet 
it consumes 20% of the electrical activity in the body, and it has the most sophisticated EM field. So here's what's going on. As somebody's dying, their brain is no longer able to regulate that amount of energy. And so as the electromagnetic soul begins to separate from the body, the brainwave, the frequency of that, then starts to overlap and touch the brainwave frequencies of people in close proximity, family members, friends, hospice workers. And this is my scientific explanation for what a shared death experience is. Because as somebody is dying and they're beginning to leave their body, and they're being greeted by spirits of family members and friends, people in close proximity who are not in imminent threat of dying will begin to see those spirits. They will get caught up in the dying person's life review. They will feel a floating sensation like they're being lifted off their feet. And at the time of death, they may even see a surge of light come out of the body of the dying person. Hmm. And not only have researchers worldwide documented this, I myself have observed this on a number of occasions while I've been at the uh, bedside of people who are dying. And people who are not mediums would be saying, oh my gosh, I see my father here. Oh my gosh, I see my cousin Dottie here. And then, you know, I find out that the person who's dying um, they had a, a, a dotty and they had that particular person. You know, I can see the spirits because I'm a medium. But right. When people who aren't mediums start reporting it. And then so that's why a shared death experience lends tremendous credibility to the field of near-death experiences. Why? Because NDEs, one of the criticisms is that it's a purely subjective experience. Mm -hmm. But then when it's a shared death experience, and more than one person is, is participating, observing, and experiencing it, then that takes it from the realm of the subjective to the objective. Wow. We're going to pause for just a very brief moment here to get a word from our sponsors, and then we're going to come right back because this is so utterly fascinating. So we'll be right back, everyone. Are you feeling stressed and anxious about life? Have elevated blood pressure? experiencing weight gain, having problems with your immune system. Getting healthy and staying healthy is more important than ever, and it has never been easier when you have fundamental nutrition from Boomer products. Restore the youth and vitality you are used to in just minutes a day. Check out our website at www.boomerboost.com to see thousands of reviews from customers just like you who are benefiting from Boomer products. While you're there, check out our podcasts, blogs, and videos, and get caught up on the latest health news and information. Use promo code LUCY at checkout. That's L-U-C-Y to save $5 on your order. Stop existing and start living today with Boomer products. All right. Welcome back to the Synergy Connection show. And I have as my returning guest, Mark Anthony, and we've been talking about shared death experiences and understanding how this kind of takes place. And you were talking about, you know, from a subjective um, experience to an objective one where people are witnessing, if you will, you know, that they can feel it and they can 
see it, you know, at some level. And of course, our senses have always, you know, revealed things to us if we take the time to listen and to hear and to see, you know, if we're just out in nature, I tell people all the time if they want to understand themselves better, you know, go for a walk, you know, check out the trees, they communicate to each other, um, look at animals and how they respond to you. And I think I told you when I was in uh, Georgia a number of years ago now, two years ago, um, I had a wild deer that approached me and took an apple out of my hand. And I've asked other people, you know, have you ever had somebody tell you that? And no one that we've asked, you know, says, no, I mean, how did that work? I don't know, but she locked eyes with me and she just approached very slowly and she never lost eye contact and came up and took it right out of my hand. That's amazing. Well, I think, you know, I think that says who we are, that vibrational frequency, because yes. animals know that. Yes. They don't have all of the deadlines and the busy, busy, busy. Um, they know vibrational frequencies. They can sense danger. They can sense love. And so I think that was just a pure example of that. She knew that I was there to be a friend to her and nothing more. You know, that that's a good point that you bring up because both you and I live uh, in Florida and I've grown up uh, on the coast my whole life. And when a hurricane's approaching, all of a sudden, all the birds leave. Mm -hmm. And the theory is that they feel the change in barometric pressure, once again, frequency. Then when it really gets scary is when you start seeing crabs coming off the beach. And, <laughs> and it's like, uh-oh. <laughs> um, so, but, but animals are very sensitive to frequency in many ways. And in, in the, in the example that I just gave, it's environmental conditions. But also um, the the example that you gave about the deer real recognize that you're not a threat that you're peaceful and and very loving and receptive and so that's when they'll approach you um, and and animals are very attuned to vibrational frequency I've I've never liked the term dumb animals uh, mm -hmm. there's nothing dumb about them it's a different form of intelligence. And in my book, Evidence of Eternity, which is my last one, I wrote about animal communication. In my current book, The Afterlife Frequency, there are definitely stories about communicating with the spirits of animals, but animals also have electromagnetic souls. Any being that is alive has an energy field. And when that, that uh, the vessel, the body dies, the, the, the EMS, the electromagnetic soul doesn't die with it, it gets transferred to another form or another frequency. Well, I, that also explains that Carillion photography. You know, if you have a plant and you have a part of the plant uh, that maybe has uh, a problem, I don't know, it could have a fungus or it could have just died. But when you cut that portion out or cut that part off, uh, it's just like the phantom limb experience that people have because if they if they take a picture of that plant before and then take a picture of it after that amputee if you will you can still see the energy where that piece of the plant was and so i think literally everything that has cellular activity is going to have this experience the frequencies are slightly different 
But, right. um, and so the more evolved maybe, um, such as humans versus a plant, but nevertheless, the energy is all there. This, uh, I agree with that completely. Um, the field of shared death experiences and near-death experiences is such a fascinating realm because they've been reported for centuries. Uh-huh. And, you know, now we have a term for it. Now we have the ability to, to measure electrical flow. A presentation that I gave at IONS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies, um, I, I presented that, and, and since Christmas is coming up, I, I figured this would be an appropriate story. Charles Dickens died, almost died on several occasions. He was even in a horrific train accident, uh, train wreck, and he lived through every one of those. Hmm. And myself and Dr. Bruce Grayson and a couple other near-death experience researchers, upon analyzing a Christmas carol, we believe that it is based on near-death experiences. Sure. And very yeah, and very well may be one one or more of his. Now let's let's examine the evidence being the <laughs> explorer, psychic explorer. All right. So we all know the story about the miserable, miserly Ebenezer Scrooge. Okay, we all know that. That's part of our, our culture now. And he bah humbugs on Christmas. And so he comes home uh, on Christmas Eve. And he sees the spirit of Jacob Marley, his former partner, who's covered in these chains saying, oh, don't make the mistake I did. You can look at the chains, perhaps, of being the burden of karma, the negative things you do in your life. So then, of course, we know that throughout the course of the evening, he's visited by three spirits, three ghosts. The ghost of Christmas past, ghost of Christmas present, and ghost of Christmas yet to come. So when we look at the ghosts of Christmas past, this could be construed as the life review. Because when people are, are go through a near-death experience, we've all heard the proverbial, my life flashed before my eyes. And uh-huh. this is a essential component of all NDEs. And so what did he see? He saw that when he was a young man, he was actually a decent guy. He was a nice guy. He, he had a woman or a girl that he loved. But then materialism started becoming his objective. Then the ghost of Christmas present shows him where he is in his life now. And he said to Bob Cratchit about his, you know, oh, you know, I'm not giving you money. And, and who cares if the surplus population dies? And, and, and so that shows what a miserable, horrible person, a self-centered, ego, edging God out, ego-driven person that he is. But then, and this is where it gets even juicier, the ghost of Christmases yet to come is a horrific vision of what would happen, what was going to happen when he died. His life was a joke. People mocked him. They couldn't care less. He died basically as if he'd never lived. And we believe that that aspect could be what's known as a DNDE, a distressing near-death experience, which has been nicknamed the hellish NDE. Because in about 5% of the near-death experience accounts, people talk about not going into the light and, and seeing loved ones, but going to a void and going into a terrifying realm. And the thing about the DNDE, the hellish NDEs, when people return from it, it's a life changer. 
Yes. They turn their lives around. So when you look at a Christmas carol, is it just a fanciful Christmas story or is it something much deeper? Charles Dickens was a fan of psychical research because the age of spiritualism in the 1830s and 40s was really taking off in Britain where he lived. Also, he was a fan of studying psychic abilities. Also, he himself um, came close to or died on a number of occasions and lived through it. The thing is, he didn't have the term near-death experience. That wasn't invented till over a century later. Right. So now we know what that phenomena is, but it's been reported since biblical times, and uh, the ancient Greeks wrote about near-death experiences. It permeates the culture of every um, uh, every civilization worldwide. But I just thought that it would be fun to bring up um, you know my findings and, and my theories on a Christmas carol because you know this is technically going to be your Christmas show. <laughs> uh, no, that's absolutely true. That's pretty fascinating. I had never heard that about Charles Dickens. And it makes perfect sense because, um, you know, they didn't have the technology, obviously, that we do today for helping somebody survive that kind of trauma. So the fact that he lived through it must have been a wake up call to some degree, like, wow, I need to really turn my life around here. Well, in, in my book, The Afterlife Frequency, I write about how Plato in his book, The Republic, wrote about this warrior whose name was Ur, E-R, and Ur dies in battle, and what the Greeks used to burn the bodies of soldiers, they put his body on a funeral pyre, and as they were lighting it, all of a sudden he came back to life. And these incidences of resurrections, people who died, and then all of a sudden they came back to life, have been baffling physicians and spiritual teachers for thousands of years. Here's what's so fascinating about what Plato wrote, and many people, myself included, we think Plato was writing about himself. Uh -huh. you know, he put it in in uh, in third person as opposed to first person. So Ur dies. He goes into a bright light. He sees the souls of loved ones who have died. He talks about a transcendent realm, a divine energy. And he said that we live a succession of lifetimes, yet we drink from the well of forgetfulness in between, and that we're all interconnected. Wait a second. The ancient Greeks did not believe in reincarnation. Everything from that NDE contradicts the entire Greek religion of the gods sitting on Mount Olympus. And this is a pretty sophisticated stuff. Interconnectedness. That is something every near-death experiencer comes out of it. And that ties into my electromagnetic soul theory, because on the subatomic level, you go from molecules, which are made of atoms, which are made of electrons, protons, and neutrons, which in turn are made of a quantum, which is a particle of electromagnetic energy. Everything is you, me, this pen, the air we're breathing, the radio waves, the show is being broadcasts on the, the surface of Mars, the rings of Saturn, all of it is EM energy. And that's how we're all interconnected. So when you start looking at ancient sources, of course, they were describing it in the vernacular of the day. But when you look at it based on 21st century science, they, Plato at least, and, and other sources were 
was explaining this in a way that we now know um, through quantum physics explains near-death experiences. Yeah, that's it's just totally fascinating. And, um, you know, just I, I who knows where it's going to go in the next, say, 100 years. Uh, I, it'll be interesting. I wish I was going to be around to see it, but I guess I can observe it at a different point space you know or maybe you'll be back as a different person <laughs> oh that's very possible that is very possible although i kind of feel like i've been here so many times um i i recognize some of the lives that i've had um because i'm remembering them now and right. it's you know it, uh, there's just spooky freaky kind of things that have happened in the last few years and i i have very vivid memories now of different times and places so i don't know maybe um and and maybe this is the last go round, and i'm supposed to do what i'm doing right now with the podcast and with the counseling that i do and everything and maybe that's you know the way um i will move on into a different spiritual realm you know as a teacher maybe at that level as opposed to coming back in physical form so <laughs> Um, I want you to tell people how to get hold of you. Um, so if they would like to set an appointment, if they would like to come to maybe one of your presentations, because I know you travel, you know, extensively. Yeah. So just let people maybe a website and a, a way that they can reach out to you. Absolutely. Um, my book, The Afterlife Frequency, the domain name of my website is afterlifefrequency.com. And even if you put in theafterlifefrequency.com, you'll still get the same domain. Um, and on my website, I invite everyone to sign up for my newsletter. You can find out about one-on-one -on -one sessions with me. You can find out about tuning into my show, The Psychic and the Doc. We take calls from listeners. It's a live show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, you can also go to my calendar of events and see the events which are coming up. And I've been doing a, um, a light circle events, which are limited to six people. It's an online event where everybody uh, is guaranteed to get a connection, or you can sign up for a one-on-one. -on -one. And you can find out about all of that at my website, evidenceofeternity.com. I also like to invite everyone to get your free online subscription. This is my present to everybody. Um, go to bestholisticlife.com. And you can get a free online subscription to Best Holistic Life magazine. I'm, an, uh, I'm a writer for it every month, but uh, my fellow writers are global influencers in the health, wellness, and holistic healing uh, field. And it's a great, great publication. But you can find out about all of that at my website, afterlifefrequency.com. Thanks, Mark. Um, I love having you on the show. We'll have you back at... Uh... The beginning of April of 2023. And up until then, uh, just go out there, everyone, and make this your very best life. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one -on -one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give 
give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomer's Forever Young products.